Welcome to the Up Your Glow podcast with your hosts, Susie and Andy. Each week, we'll break down your frequently asked questions to inform you and enlighten you about all things women's health and wellness so that you can feel more empowered about making health decisions and feel more informed about how your body works for the things that no one's ever told you. I do have this better return to a certain extent the more crazy my life is. I think it's important to have things that fulfill you and you know what works for you. And then your family is happier when you're happy. You should not make your own formula. Never. That is not safe. Nothing that you have from the store or in your home is going to be safe. Welcome back to the Up Your Glow podcast. I'm your host, Susie Devine, Nurse Susie, founder of Vento, and I'm Andy, PA, that's me. Yeah, we're the hosts of your Up Your Glow podcast, where we're going to cover all things health. And this episode, we are going to do our Let's Talk segment on something that's really important that I think is hitting all of us here close to home, all the shortages. Yeah, so many shortages. So we're going to cover the contrast dye shortage, which you may not have known about. We're going to cover the tampon shortage. And of course, the formula shortage, which is impacting a lot of the moms in our community. Pretty much every family is getting hit by this. So, woohoo! We're going to dive into that in a little bit. But how was your weekend? First, my weekend was, it was okay. Recovering from COVID, we went out to my parents' house. So for those of you who don't know, I live in the city of Philadelphia. Andy lives in the suburbs. I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia and my parents still live there. And my husband, Pat, and I still love to go. We visit my parents all the time because they just have like a nice big home. And just trying to plant your roots in their house. Yeah. We're like, we're going to take over (laughs) to adversely possess this home, except they live in an adverse possession. The home has to be like left vacant for a number of years. But They've got a pool. They have a yard for Penny to run around. We love the neighborhood. It was great. And then I got some parent time off while the grandparents had fun with baby. That's always nice. It is nice. How was your weekend? You were away. I was away from the baby for the first time, which is, as you know, it's like a big step. It is. So I made it like three months being attached at the hip, a little over three months. And then I had my... 10 plus one, because, you know, COVID, college reunion this weekend. So I was back at, I went to Lehigh. I was back at Lehigh this weekend. So much fun. my friends. And it was so much fun. Don't we all just wish we could go back to college? It was really so much fun. And I have to say, I kind of thought about bringing my husband with me. And then we were like, oh, well, why don't you just stay with the kids? It's less registration payment, this, that, and the other thing. And I mean, I missed him, but it was like just kind of more fun without him. Yeah, I agree. I think for my college reunions, sorry, Pat, I love you, but like you like want to live your college days. Like we didn't meet in college. You and Ben didn't go to the same college. It's tough to have a little bit of your own identity. I think that's very important. That's exactly what it was because I feel like when you get married and you're having a family, you're like always making decisions as like a collective unit. Right. I was making decisions as myself. That's all we get for like 48 hours. It wasn't that long, but I was like, perfect. You know, I I just do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Like go to the bathroom in privacy. 
It was amazing. So it was amazing. It was great. I'm glad you went away by yourself. You deserve it. You do so much for so many people. If you are listening and you're blessed to know Andy, I mean, she's just a rock star. So thank you. Thanks Likewise. for Team Bento. We're lucky to have you and you're so busy. You're like the most on the go person I know. I feel like you're always booked. It's kind of like the more I do, the better returns I get until a certain point. <laughs> like I have to yeah. know like when the cutoff point is. That's good. But like I do have this better return to a certain extent, the more crazy my life is. I feel like if I don't have enough going on, then I'm kind of like blah about everything in my life. Definitely. I understand that. I think it's important to have things that fulfill you and you know what works for you. Yeah. Which is good. And then your family is happier when you're happy. A hundred percent. Got to take care of number one first. Absolutely. Well, moving on. So this episode, we're going to talk about gummy vitamins. Everyone's favorite. Is it everyone's favorite? Is it everyone's It's not my favorite. Mm. But a lot of people... Might be my we kids' love gummies. Right. <laughs> so we do not produce or manufacture gummy vitamins here at Binto. And we get asked all the time, why aren't you going to make a gummy? Are you going to make a gummy vitamin? Why not a gummy vitamin? Why not a chewable vitamin? We have one chewable vitamin. It's our B12. And that's because B12 is best absorbed sublingually which means the medical jargon oh, for you. Oh, say that? Which is, no, it's okay. We'll still do our other. I okay. like our medical. We'll do the two today. Okay. So sublingual means under your tongue, basically. So B12 is great as drops or a little chewable tablet or something that like dissolves under the tongue. But when it comes to gummy vitamins, the reason why we are not fans of Bento is because vitamins do best as capsules, tablets, I think some liquid form as we've talked about, but a gummy vitamin is essentially just sugar. What you really want is you just want to eat a gummy. So like just go get normal gummies. Like if you're having a craving for a gummy, please just do yourself a favor and eat a normal gummy because then what ends up happening is I find when I used to take gummy vitamins for like my hair, skin and nails, like the biotin ones back in my shift days at Hahnemann, I would just eat a lot of them and then I would get the metallic taste in my mouth because I was overdosing on certain minerals. And we don't want to see that. And you're like training your body to want more sugar day after day. The only time I will say like clinically that I would say go for a gummy is really if you can't swallow pills. Yeah. Although we have the benefit you can open ours up and put them in food, which is even better because you should be getting most of your stuff in your diet. That's really the best. Or like when you're having really bad nausea, sometimes the gummies are easier to tolerate because of the sugar. So the sugar can be helpful in that stance, but it shouldn't be like a long-term solution. Yeah. That's what I always say with the gummies. And it's really, really bad that gummies have been marketed to kids. That's the last thing our kids need. Yeah. More sugar. They definitely don't need gummies every day. No, they should just be eating real food. Like all of us adults. Exactly. So just hit pause before getting a gummy. Exactly. And just make sure you think it's something that you really actually need. Yeah. So if you're in the vitamin aisle at Target, because we all know we love a Target run. Just who doesn't? Target. We're wearing Target right now. (laughs) Turn that vitamin gummy bottle around and look at the supplement facts panel. A supplement facts panel is where you're going to find the ingredients and the nutritional info of the product itself. 
And usually on a gummy, you're going to find total sugars and caloric intake. And typically you're going to see that there are added sugars in your gummy and potentially some dyes. So that's all we want to be aware of. We want to make sure that if you are looking to get a nutritional supplement, that you're taking it for the right reasons, you're getting what you need and not additional. Yeah. Oh, and serving size, because a lot of the gummies are tricky. Like, you think, oh, I have to take, like, one. No, no, you're taking, like, six. Six, yeah. That's a good point. Just another thing to keep in mind. Six may be nicer. I don't know. If you're, like, really wanting gummies. Just get the Welch's fruit snack. Those things are good. Or just get the sour watermelons. Sour watermelons? We do. Binto is a health and wellness company, but we all love a gummy every now. It's It's just not a It's It's all in balance. You know what I mean? Moderation, as I say. So speaking of moderation, our topic of the week is the shortage. But first, we're going to start with our medical jargon of the week, yeah, which has to do this. So this is a lead in. Why don't you break this one down? For us, yeah. Maybe? So our medical jargon term today is going to be helpful for our topics that we're covering. So we picked hysteroscopy. Hyster meaning uterus. We can get into the silly reasons why that is. And oscopy is a scope or study visualization of basically anything. So when we look at this, it's a visualization of your uterus. So hysteroscopies are common procedures done for people with uteruses, uteri, people who have a uterus. Yes. People who have a uterus. If we're worried about anything that may be impacting their lining of the uterus, or if they might have fibroids, or if they might have an irregular shaped uterus, because, you know, they come in different shapes and sizes sometimes. So those are really the main reasons that we would do this kind of a procedure. Exactly. And you may hear of this, another medical jargon term for hysteroscopy can be a, quote, cavity evaluation. Oh, yeah. So cavity also meaning uterus. There's so many different Higher terms. I don't know. Medicine is strange, but hysteroscopy, that's your term of the week. I love the way you broke that down. Now we all know that hyster means uterus and oscopy means a scope or visualization. So if you are lucky enough to have a hysteroscopy, lucky, (laughs) they're not fun. They can be painful. Yeah. For some people, they're more painful than for others. I performed some hysteroscopies, and for some people, they were not that uncomfortable. Yes. So I had a very sensitive cervix and uterus, so it was very uncomfortable for me. I have to get pre-medicated before mine. So if you are nervous, just a reminder, always ask your care team about mm-hmm. pre-medication if you know that you have like a sensitive uterus and like cramp. Totally. All right. Let's talk shortages. shortages. Okay. So the first shortage which was news to me up until like two weeks ago. Yeah. About the dye, contrast dye shortage. Contrast dye, which is very serious in very the world serious. of medicine because contrast dye is very important to diagnose a lot of life-threatening conditions. Yeah. So we use contrast dye for imaging procedures. We use this most notably for reproductive health care on a hystero salpingogram. Yeah. <laughs> so hystero uterus, it's aka an x-ray dye test of the uterus and the tubes. So we push a dye through and we can watch that dye 
flow through the tubes to see. It's actually really cool. If you want to Google this, look up some images and we can check and see if your tubes are patent, okay, open. Well, now with an x-ray dye shortage or contrast dye shortage, we can't do that. I mean, it's probably just reserved for specific cases. So Cedar sinai in Beverly Hills, they are not able to do a full fertility workup right now. Obviously, they're using it for more extreme cases. So if we don't, I guess they're like, we don't. It's not, it's not part of the routine workup. When I was in a fertility office, it was like just routine. Pretty much every patient rolling through. And yeah, it is routine. So now they're pulling it out. Yeah. So it sucks because if you are TTC, if you listen to our episode, if you're trying to conceive and you're going to a fertility clinic and we're doing a workup, some fertility clinics may not be able to do the x-ray dye test. So a lot of these clinics are getting trained on other methods. There are some ultrasounds and there's some cool new technology where you can actually test to see if your tubes are patent other ways. And this is good. Maybe it'll at least drive some things forward in terms of new technology and innovations, innovation, but it is unfortunate. So if you are in the middle of getting a fertility workup, ask them about other options. If a hysterosalpingogram isn't and you're worried that there's, you know, a, tubal there's factor. a tubal factor cause for your infertility. Definitely. The other reasons that we would use this dye, like medically speaking, or contrast dye is really important for strokes, yes. heart attacks. So it's not like people are saying you're not important. It's just medical management and having to like triage what's the most life-threatening. Now, I want to be very clear, tubal and ectopic pregnancies are life-threatening. So it is still a concern in the reproductive world, but just not quite to the same extent as we see in the general medical population. Exactly. And I think it's okay to say that. Just so you know, scarce resources called for scarce allocations. Unfortunately, we're going to have to make decisions, clinical decisions. It's tough. Nobody likes doing it. No, it's awful. So... From that shortage on to our next. The tampon shortage? Yeah. Which I have to just say, first of all, this really annoys me. We all know because I talked about it already last time, but I will do anything not to get a period because one, it's just annoying to deal with. Two, I don't like spending extra money to take care of my period every month. And three, there's extra tax on all these products for women. So it just... pink tax. Whatever. I just don't like literally paying into all of those things because it makes me angry personally so all of those things but now they're just gonna be like oh sorry no tampons for you when you need them it just drives me crazy it does so andy and i were just researching this a little bit and i'm glad you brought up the pink tax because i think a lot of people aren't aware of it but obviously this is something that we're cognizant of having launched bento six years ago which is crazy we actually used to carry tampons and pads and vaginal wipes as part of your subscription. So we would get you the femme hygiene products that you needed. We don't do that anymore. We're very much more like specialized in the OTC product formulation. But the whole manufacturing of these period products is really interesting because we we're looking into manufacturing our own period products. And we wanted ones that focused more on like organic cottons, had no extra phthalates, dyes in them. Because 
you actually don't have to disclose all the ingredients on these products, which is terrifying. Again, part of why we started Bento. But there are only a few manufacturers of these products, a lot of them being in Eastern Europe, which, as we know, is under, uh, there's a lot going on there right now. So perfect storm of COVID impacting supply chain. There's ongoing supply chain issues still out of China with raw materials. And then obviously a lot of these factories are Mm -hmm. shut down and lack of people in the workforce. So there are several big tampon manufacturers. So we have Procter & Gamble. We have Kimberly Clark. So a lot of the big like paper product manufacturers. And we have a paper shortage. So it's the perfect storm of these raw materials, like a shortage of them. And then an issue of supply chain and then a crisis of workers. So people being able to work. But yes, the the tampon shortage is real. If you've been hearing about this, we do have U.S. senators that are working and talking with the big manufacturers in this sector and some of the big box retailers like Target, Walmart have also been noticing issues of being able to stock these products. So if there's a tampon shortage, right? We're just going to sit here and talk about it. No, there are some other things that you can do. There's definitely other things you can do. So there's a few things that come to mind. One, pads. So pads seem to be slightly less impacted. So you can always keep your eye out for those, although they may not be your preference. Two, cups. Yes. Menstrual cups. There's a few different brands out there. It does take a little bit of learning and understanding of how to properly use them. Yep. But they're really great for the environment because they're reusable. You're leaving less of a carbon footprint. So all of those things are great about cups. But again, may not be your cup of tea, which is totally okay. Yeah. But just an alternative. There's also the Flex disc, which you can try Mm -hmm. similar to a cup. But yes, if you notice there's a shortage or you're like sick of paying the additional tax on these products or buying them every month, which is sort of what Andy talked about. Trying the cup, and I think I am going to switch to these products moving forward. I have not started my menstrual cycle yet postpartum, post-baby. So we're almost like four months in. I still haven't had a period, but I think it's probably because I'm breastfeeding still. That's the other thing I was going to say that you can do. Talk to your provider about not getting a period. Exactly. Because there are ways that you can medically manage your cycle. So with hormones, right? So whether it's the birth control pill, whether it's combined estrogen and progesterone, or just like a mini pill, or there's some other forms of birth control that will give you a more likely chance of not getting a period, which of course would eliminate your need for such products. Exactly. You always have that in your back pocket too. Okay. So try using alternatives like the cup and the disc work with your provider on alternative methods like stopping, preventing yourself medically from getting a period, the things we can do. Yeah. And if you want to get pregnant, now's a good time, I guess. Yes. <laughs> but you can't get a full workup because you can't get the I know. It's all it's all relative. It's all relative. Uh, and then relative. can you feed your baby, right? Oh, Once you that, get pregnant. Perfect cue of into our next <laughs> so shortage. The formula shortage. We've been talking a lot about that 
at the office. And I think it's just really fascinating whether or not you have an infant that you're feeding right now. I just think this is a really interesting time in the world. There's a lot going on in the U.S. And yeah, it's like interesting insight into a few different manufacturing, like FDA oversight. Yeah. And just like how we take care of families in the U.S. Exactly. You know, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Every time I walk into a store, the formula is wiped. So (laughs) how did we get here? Well, it started with, oh gosh, what is the name? There's a specific virus that was contaminating or I shouldn't even say it was in the E. coli family, but it wasn't like your generic E. coli. A few babies got sick. Yes. And they thought that it was from formula. Correct. So they halted production. This is at an Abbott manufacturer. Yeah. Yes. Which is very, very, very large. So they halted production and found there potentially was contamination at this manufacturer. Although there's like some gray zone here because it's very there gray. was we like still a whistleblower yeah. involved. There was issues right around when the pandemic was happening, that there was like some evidence that there was issues with their testing and oversight, but then the FDA wasn't going in because of the pandemic to like follow back up on it. Yeah. But obviously there wasn't like continual problems during all this time. So it was, so they voluntarily decided to close, which was one plan, which was right. Better safe than sorry type thing, which is good. Except now because they shut down and there's like only what, like three or four plants that make all of the formula for everybody. Exactly. And there's so like this no is formula. where the U.S. is really interesting because, I don't know, this topic is really challenging because you've got like the whole history of breastfeeding, right? Like how we feed infants to begin with and yeah. like why we have such a complex history of breastfeeding. And then in the 1800s, it was all wet nurses. Then we moved to breastfeeding then when people stopped breastfeeding in like the 50s and 60s with the formulation of formula so being able to properly feed infants with a formula and then we have like the sexualization of breasts I just did a whole CEO continuing education on a breastfeeding course I'm also a certified breastfeeding nurse so really fascinating history there but yeah so then we had the rise of formula but Because has saved many, many many babies' lives. Which is amazing. So we're big fans of formula. We're big fans of breastfeeding. We're big fans of fed is best. But in the U.S., we have something called CHIP and WIC. Mm -hmm. So women, infant, and children. This is all under Medicare, Medicaid, which are subsidiaries of the U.S. government. So this is how we can take care of lower-income families. So CHIP and WIC must choose and basically like they work with one formula manufacturer and they have these contracts. So all of this plays into the infant formula shortage because a huge number of what's manufactured has to go to WIC and CHIP, which makes sense because we have to make sure that these infants are fed. But we also don't have with like monopolies and what's going on, we don't really have a lot of formula diversification, um, diversification of a plant. So the even though it looks diversified on the it's shelf, actually not. Yeah, it's not. That's it's, I think that's the biggest thing. That away. is the most confusing part. Yeah. 
So we have finally the first new infant formula manufacturer, FDA approved in the U.S., launched this year in 2022, which is By Heart, which is super cool. Amazing. We're very excited to see some new manufacturers in this space, but it takes a lot of work. And that's one of the reasons why we don't see them. So you need FDA clearance, very different from supplements and that supplements need to be produced in an FDA quote approved facility. They are not actually vetted and approved by the FDA. So like you can make whatever supplement you want and the FDA doesn't oversee that. They don't really care. Whereas when it comes to feeding an infant, we want to make sure that it's safe. Yeah. And I guess this all comes back to, which is really important, is that infants' nutritional needs, we're focusing most really on that first year of life, are very specific and different from adult needs. So there's like a few things too that we should just very clearly say. You should not make your own formula. Never. That is not safe. Nothing that you have from the store or in your home is going to be safe to together to make formula for your baby. Just please don't try because it could be very dangerous for your child. And it's also really dangerous to water down formula, even if you're trying to ration or things like that. So these are things that are facing people right now, which is really, really terrifying. Yeah, it is very scary. So how we got here is because of everything we just outlined. I guess the good news is that the plant has opened. And so it'll just be a little bit longer until the supply is kind of back to quote unquote. Yeah. So things that you can look into, keep your eyes out. We have already had two or three emergency flights carrying pallets of safe and approved infant formula from Europe have arrived here in the United States. You can look into doctor's offices and hospitals to see if they have any spare samples left Mm -hmm. over. Although likely not because we need to make sure that NICUs are stocked Um, and that they have adequate formula for the babies that they are taking care of and reach out to friends and family. So maybe people have leftover of what your infant has been using and then donor milk. So breastfeeding moms who have leftover milk, you can look into donating this to milk banks. So there is a big milk bank in Austin, Texas. They have seen increased demand. It's really cool to watch that. My sister personally donated a bunch of her frozen milk. I think she donated like 130 or 160 bags to a couple friend of hers that adopted a little girl. And so they had colostrum all the way through it's amazing. the first year of Jack's life, that breast milk for their baby, which is amazing. So, but just make sure you're doing it safely. So maybe look into a milk bank. If and you know milk this person, are so cool. they are, it's crazy. They like they, pasteurize everything. They it's really amazing. So they like, <laughs> will take whatever milk comes in and they basically like combine it to make it formula ratios essentially. Yep. So like, you know, you're getting quality ingredients to your baby. It's which amazing. Is amazing. Because we know that breast milk kind of fluctuates and changes it does. the biofeedback between baby and mom. So. And that's what it's makes so cool. formula so tricky to make is that we really have to try to model it off breast milk, but breast milk is constantly changing. So it's made up of lipids, which are fats. It has some protein in the beginning, and then it also has a lot of carbohydrates. carbohydrates. Yeah. So 
towards the end, after the first like three to four months, over 90% of breast milk turns into basically water. And then the rest is a mix of like the lipids and, and carbs and it has some vitamins and minerals, which is just like mind blowing. It's basically like sugar water. It's crazy. But that as they get older, they're getting some more yeah. nutritional value from food itself, not just breast milk, which is why it changes to meet the needs of your baby at the age. That they Feeding are. babies is just a really fascinating thing. It is. The whole honest. history of it. As I said, I just did a little continuing ed course. So yeah. when you're a licensed professional, like an RN or a physician associate, like Andy, you have to keep up with continuing education. Yeah. I always try to pick relevant yeah. things to what we're doing here at Bento. Yeah. I was going to say, this is particularly relevant as I get a message from my husband that my daughter is not taking a <laughs> bottle. Uh, oh my something. God. Joyce, yeah. We'll do a whole other episode on like, just breastfeeding and pumping life Mm -hmm. bottle. They're all different types of bottles. I just did a reel on this for Bento Baby. So anyways, I hope this was helpful. I hope you found it interesting. I think researching for today's episode was interesting for the two of us. Going behind the scenes on manufacturing in the United States. Obviously, we do a lot of manufacturing. So this has like hit us personally at Bento, not just like as moms or as females dealing with shortages, but sourcing the raw materials for our vitamins and supplements, sourcing the compostable paper that we use for the packets, sourcing the ink, every little thing that we use comes from all around the world. Right. So like really getting it on a container on a ship in Asia and managing that. So if you're interested in this, you could do a whole other episode on being a startup and manufacturing stuff. But anyways, that's not why we're here. Moving on. Hopefully this was crazy. Well, hopefully the shortages long-lived. Yeah, think that, I, think I think they're going to continue bad. to be bad for probably like another year as we come out of it, mostly because of the continued <sighs> lockdowns in Asia, yeah, in specifically Asia. China. Yeah. And that's just where a lot of our product comes from in today's world. So you don't even um, realize how much comes from it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Until, like, it's further down the chain. It's like cars and chips. It is. The chip shortage. So listen to the carpool if you're interested in cars, that's one of our favorite podcasts. Yeah. If you want another podcast to listen to. And B vitamin, B vitamin of the week. We're going to end today's segment with our B vitamin. Oh gosh. So mine is, I just recently made Ambitious Kitchen's mock Wendy's Frosty. Oh, shut up. And Sounds good. let me tell you, it was... So flipping good. I think Half-Baked Harvest has one too. But I always forget I have a Vitamix and I always do like fruit or green-based smoothies. But put that Vitamix to good use and make something else. And this was like a chocolate frosty. Were there hidden like home. good things for you? Yeah. That? So it was, I made mine a little bit different from Ambitious Kitchen just based on what I had at home. And hers isn't like a true one. It was using frozen banana I used protein powder, a little bit of peanut butter powder, some ice cubes. I think maybe you put nut milk in or oat milk. Sounds like you would. She used like vanilla extract. We were out of it. So that's why I used the Mm -hmm. vanilla protein powder. But look it up on Instagram. She has a reel with it and it was delicious. And I I have a question. Now I'm getting hungry and I kind of want to go home and make this. Did it taste like banana? No. 
that's always like my biggest worry with the smoothie stuff because like obviously banana goes in a lot of them. Yeah, for like texture. And, and you're like, not a banana fan. And I'm just not a big banana fan. Oh, I didn't know this about you. Yeah, bananas are great for like potassium. Really good if you're they having are. cramps. But I don't know. I just get skeevy around bananas. Okay, well then maybe you should check out the half baked harvest one because hers does not use bananas. Okay. All right, I'll try and check it out and report back. Okay, it's delicious. I hope you enjoy it and make it for yourself. I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction with my B vitamin today. Something that we've been trying to do as a family every night. Mm -hmm. We always try to sit down at the table or counter for dinner to all be together, which is nice. But one of my favorite things that we do is we do highs and lows. So we like go around and we always say like favorite part of the day or like least favorite part of the day or usually both. But my kids will always do it. The best part of this experience in my household is that my daughter, Ray, her favorite part of the day always is eating dinner every single <laughs> oh day. With Ray is my... <laughs> She's like a spirit animal. She is. <laughs> she loves cheese. She loves. can hammer back cheese and charcuterie. I love her. Yeah. She's a gem. She is a gem. She's so darn cute. Yeah. So anyway, if you're looking for something to take home, it's been really fun. My four and two-year-old both really love to participate. Highs and lows. Yeah. You want me to go first? Yeah, you could go first. Okay, so high for the day was that we had really big thunderstorms this morning. Mm-hmm. And when I dropped the kids off at school, it was not raining. So that was definitely my high for today. Nice. No, like nobody likes getting out of the car and yeah. like trying to unbuckle the kids and get them out and into the building in the pouring rain. That's for sure my high. Love it. I think my high is I just ordered some new workout here. I really love Athleta, but I also, I just got some really cute Beyond Yoga leggings and little biker shorts. And that's my high. I love clothes. It's so bad. I love it's like the feeling mind. good and looking good. I don't look cute right now, but my leggings are cute. So that's my high. Look, I think you look cute. Some fun new athleisure. Okay. Lows. Lows oh, and that Pierce got dropped back off with the nanny this morning after coming out of COVID. So hooray, hooray for that. That's like my real high. Childcare is very important. Okay. So low for the day. It's kind of hard because it's a little early in the day. It's like definitively. I know. I don't really have a low. I would just say like I'm hungry right now. Yeah. I am hungry too. Maybe it's time to wrap up and get a little snack. Yeah, probably. Well, cheers. Up your glow. And we'll see you next time. Tune in next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Up Your Glow podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.